0: Hello and welcome to the Virtual Cafe. I'm your host, Shaggy Lola Salami. Um, who, can, who do I have here today?
1: I'm Felicia Denise, author of In the Best Interest of the Child.
0: Oh, hello, Felicia. How are you today? I am
1: here. Okay, that doesn't sound too good. That's about as good as we're going to get
0: today. It's, it's been a, a busy week. Aww. Well, hopefully the weekend will be better than the, the week.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: Yes, yes. So normally I would say, what would you like to have? But the little human, she's got a fever, so she's just getting cuddles at the moment. So all I can offer you is just water. I haven't had the time to cook or bake or do nothing, so you don't even get any snacks as well. So <laughs> I can do it with I am- I am over it okay (laughs) I am over it okay that's why so I'll give you a nice glass of you know store bought supermarket bottled water Um, (laughs) and you can have a little tub of smarties to go with it as well
1: works for me today
0: Cool, cool, cool. So tell us about, you know, I I'm I'm looking f i am i am looking I always look forward to having you come on the show, you know, these, these last few weeks because it's been quite interesting, um, you know, discussing, you know, your book and you know, getting insight into what's going to hopefully happen um in the in the second book. Um and I know that you were talking to us, you know, the last time about how um Olivia is gonna be going through the different stages of um of grief and then before you came you know everybody seems to know what depression is you know you feel something i just you know i just went on google and i just typed in define depression right mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. it was from the the top one you know where they put their nice big box um and it was from the mayo yeah. clinic um, and according to them it says depression now first one feelings of severe despos despotency and dejection i can't even speak properly today i'm so tired like the little bit <laughs> human because she's had a fever i've been up all night you know checking temperature and you know a couple of times i'd have to wake her up in the middle of the night you know to just give her some paracetamol to try and get her temperature down so it's like i'm just exhausted so you know excuse me if i'm not even speaking properly um yeah so saying feelings of severe despotency and did- dejection.
1: You know what I'm trying to say, yes, (laughs) yes,
0: you know, it says self-doubt creeps in and that swiftly turns to depression. But I think also in the in the Mayo Clinic, then in the main um, uh, previews, it says depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depressive disorder and clinical depression. It affects how you feel, think, behave, and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. So when you were researching, you know, your book, what did you find out about depression? Tell us something new that we possibly haven't we possibly don't know about depression
1: well i am I am not an expert, and I'm definitely not the Mayo Clinic, but oh, the things course. that that I was looking into, that definition is so wide because it's it's saying that to me, when I think of their definition, when I look at someone or talk with someone under their definition who's depressed, I'll know they're depressed. Hmm. And that's not the case, especially with children. Hmm. and in speaking with foster parents and adoptive parents and caregivers there were children who were going through depression even into their mid and late teens and no one had picked up on it oh wow and these were caring attentive people these weren't just people you know raising kids letting them go on and do whatever (laughs) these people were keyed in to these kids and they still didn't pick up on the depression so now I'm a little off center with the Mayo Clinic's definition of it and mm-hmm. what I've seen and been told others have experienced with it. I don't think you can all always have a conversation with someone and pick up on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're saying it's feelings of despondency and dejection, s- sadness, and these. this person may feel these things inside, but how would you as someone approaching this person pick up on it by their definition
0: so easily? Yeah, see, because for me, when I was reading that and sometimes when I think about depression, like how do you differentiate? You know what? I've had a really, really, you know, insert any type of adjective you want to insert, you know, that little children should not be hearing. And you've had that kind of day and you're like, oh, my God, you know what? You know, or maybe say you, you were walking down the street and you dropped your wallet and you, know, you, you, know, you misplaced it and you're feeling sad because you're like, oh, my God, that's the last money that I've got to use to buy money for my kid, uh, buy food for my kids. And you've got no money and you're feeling sad. So how do you differentiate depression and just regular feeling of sadness as part of everyday life?
1: See, and I think that it's the, the time factor. How long are you feeling this way? Because uh-huh. in, in book one, we're, when we're introduced to the problem with Olivia's mother, her situation, her disorder is called complicated grief disorder. Mm. And it, it is a real illness where um, the definition was experiencing the, the grief and the sadness over mm. six months right and it and it also complicated the health and I mean you would get she had um internal bleeding from the accident, and she wasn't healing, it exacerbated the problems, and so I think it's a time factor we all have bad days, we all have bad weeks, yes, but that doesn't mean we're depressed, but in the clinical terms for for the situation in my book. It had to be over an extended period of time before they would give it a name and say, okay, she's not recouping from
0: this. She's not coming back. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. So how now? No, go on.
1: In an Olivia's case, you're talking about a situation that happened just before she turned 11, and she's actually starting to deal with it.
0: She's 38 years old yes 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 so how are you going to show her you know trying to deal uh, you know trying to show her depression what was your plan
1: she is going to go into counseling but olivia has a lot of denial and her denial is going to get her into a lot of situations she'd rather not deal with and she's also going to have to deal with death again.
0: Ah. So in your coming book, you're not going to, you're going to focus on just the denial for this bitch. Um, are you likely to go through the five um, stages? She has to, she has to, but
1: it won't be easy for her. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to, what healed the world, you know, in the big picture, but too often when we read stories, uh, fiction, romance, adventure, whatever, it's swept over too quickly. It's, it's like, okay, you were sad yesterday and now you're in love and you've got a great job and you're, you're healed, you're cured. Yeah. And I don't care for that mindset. Because it's not true. and I don't want someone to sit down and read a book like that and think, well, it's fiction, but they'll say, well, if this person got over it this quickly, why aren't I? Yes. Because we do take a lot of things out of fiction and just suppose them to real life. Yes,
0: yes, we do. Um, and that's why you know I, I was quite you know keen to talk to you um, about your book, you know because people tend to read nonfiction. Um again, not everybody, but I would like to think a lot of people read nonfiction as mm-hmm. a form of escapism. You know, it's like, you know what? everything's just whatever is going on in their life, they just needed a, you know a form or an avenue to just escape, even you know no matter how temporary they want to you know to do that. Um and you know, we all as human beings, we all have our own battles that we're dealing with. We all have our own demons that we are dealing with um and you know sometimes you know when i've read fiction i take something away from it you know but sometimes i find that i've learned something yes it's been fun yes it's been entertaining yes it's been educative But it's the education bit that sort of tends to stay with me the longest because i feel like i've learned something you know from it and so when i saw you know your book you know talking on this subject matter it was quite you know interesting to me uh, because um quite interested to see what people would take away from it and one of the good things that i like about it is the way that you've tried to mirror it to reality so that there's the fun side there's the you know entertaining side but then there's also that hmm this could actually happen in real life Mm -hmm. so that's that's definitely one of the things that i do like um about about your book, though, again, I will say it is an intense read. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of reviews
1: yet, but I am pleased that the reviews I do have have keyed in on Olivia's psyche, number one, and they have keyed in on the sense of family in the book. Yes. Because that's one thing that Olivia didn't have. Yes. So they've keyed in on this sense of family, and how she's being included in all aspects, not just with the Bellamys, but with Willis Benton and with Margot Schultz. There's still a sense of family, of familiarity there. Excuse me, familiarity there. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: I know we all get those days, you know, when our words just can't even come out correctly.
1: No, and it's not happening today. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> yes, no, that's that's fine. Um, okay, so you're in America. What sort of support? Um, because I know from previous conversation, you know, you put a lot of research to try and make your book, um, be as realistic as possible. So state-wise, what sort of support do you guys have for people who? suffer from depression?
1: Again, there are organizations and medical practices that do help. My problem in researching this is that they're not readily available. Right, okay. there's, There's always this assessment, you know, and the assessment, you might wanna speak to someone today and if you you know call a number you might get an appointment for two three four weeks away and then on Mm -hmm. your initial visit there's an assessment and then you'll get another appointment and the time that is invested in just getting you into counseling is just too great and i'm not saying that happens with everyone that happens in every situation but it's been the majority of the time of the of the instances that i've researched or people that i've talked with there's been an extended amount of time involved just to get help and another another factor is the cost because a lot of these things there are in in america you'll find your average health care will cover 20 visits per calendar year for mental health
0: right but
1: that being said you've also have to have that medical care, med- excuse me, that medical coverage. If you don't have that medical coverage, then you've got to find another way to, to pay for it. And it's not always readily available, especially for a child who's in the system or an adult who's
0: working in a position that doesn't offer health care. Hmm. It's actually interesting that you say that though, because again, when you were talking, the first thing that goes to my mind is okay, you know, when we're talking about the waiting time, I'm like, okay, is there such a long waiting time because the service is free? Um, because I used to think that, you know, in America, you guys pay for, you know, your services, your healthcare services via your insurance. See, because the one and only time that I've been to America, I went to Florida, no, well, Palm Beach. Yeah, anyways, I was somewhere that, you know, had a little bit more sunshine than we do in London. And I was taking a stroll, right, you know, past, you know, through your very intimidating roads, right? Like, I was walking through and I was looking at your road and I was like, I would not even attempt to cross, right? <laughs> and you guys don't even have like proper pedestrian, you know, places that, you know, pedestrian only walk zones or pedestrian lights, you know, it was so far, back. and the cars, oh my good Lord, the speed, I was looking at it, I was like, I would see, normally in London, you can just look left, you can just look right and you think, yeah, there's no cars and you would, you know, attempt to just run across, Yeah. That one. With the right our two lanes, you know, one, you know, going in each direction. That's you guys one lane, right? You guys have like you know what, three, three, car lanes in one one direction, another three car lanes in another direction. See, yeah, we don't have that kind no. of speed. I was looking and I was like, yeah. See, but by the time I even reach in the middle of the road, I'll be dead already. You know, with the way the just goes quickly. Right. Very intimidating. It was because seriously, if you've ever been to London and you see how narrow our roads are, you know, because we think, yes, our roads are narrow and it's cute and it's compact. And, you know, you have this sense of, "Hmm." you know, it's just had this one fuzzy feeling about, you know, being in London. And then you see this humongous road with extra large cars. You're like, yes, sir, that's. I've,
1: I've been to London and I wondered how two cars could go down the same street it is (laughs)
0: narrow it is narrow and i'm like how does this work (laughs) i know right because that our our, you know the two cars you know that's probably half of the lane for you guys right yes yes (laughs) but you guys
1: also don't have the big humongous vehicles that we have either
0: no we don't so you can imagine i've only ever you know sort of seen i'm used to to the way things are here and then i'm going and i'm seeing this humongous this monstrosity of a road, it was, it was really scary, right, I'm not even ashamed to say that, I was afraid, I looked at the road, and I was afraid, right, anyway, so back to why I was talking about, so I was taking a stroll, right, making sure I was as close to the, you know, you don't even have, you it's like, yeah, I don't even know how to describe yours, but I was making sure I was as close so as away from the curb as possible. Um, <laughs> so I then noticed, you know, the far away, you know, your nice big signs. It was like a hospital. And then they had a site mm-hmm. waiting time for A&E, right? Guess mm-hmm. how many minutes? How many? Five minutes. What? Yeah. I was looking and I was like, oh, my God, five minutes? You would not even go to your GP practice and be seen in five minutes, right? Here, you go to A&E and you'll be lucky to be seen in an hour. The average waiting time here is three hours. That is not the norm,
1: and you will find a lot of places advertising uh, shorter wait times. A lot of them you can call ahead of time and register, so you can just walk in and be seen. You don't see that a lot, okay? Because when we took my nephew to emergency the weekend after Thanksgiving here, we were in and out in an hour. And we were all in shock because usually it's an hour wait to be seen. But because, oh, yeah. of the time, because of the time of day, because he had been seen by paramedics, because of his age and his fever, we were in in five minutes. And that is very rare for walk-ins.
0: Interesting. You see that one experience, I thought that was the norm everywhere that no, like you can just go no. to any and you would be seen in five minutes. And I was like, "What? see, maybe that's why, you know, we, we've got long wait times because, you know, ours, ours is not, we don't pay for it, you know, out of our own pocket or with the insurance. And I was like, oh, these blooming Americans, you guys have all these, you know, good things going no, on. No, we do
1: It doesn't matter who's paying for it. You're waiting. I took my mother to emergency once and she was very sick with pneumonia. She has other chronic illnesses, and she was in a wheelchair. And I sat there with her for two and a half hours while people who were laughing and talking and having a great time were being called into the back. And I just got disgusted and left, drove to another hospital where she was admitted within 20 minutes.
0: Oh, wow, okay. okay. So no, it's not the norm here. Okay. That's fine. So maybe it was just the the timing that I that I was yeah here. Uh, okay so no that's why I was you know I was wondering why um, you know the, getting access to mental care um, you know from what you were saying you know was so you know was such a, a long time because I had in my head that you know if you need to go to A and E you can get seen in five minutes then what's what's going on with um, with the mental health side of well, things well
1: I'm a, I'm about to get in trouble and I hope your viewers don't. <laughs> Don't storm the, the the fort, but getting health care, getting care in the mental health field is also a crapshoot, in my experience, because mm. I have a son. He'll be twenty-seven in a couple of days, okay. but when he was ten years old, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay, and I cannot even begin to tell you the nightmare that we went through for a year using the community program that was mm. uh, recommended by the school system yeah and initially he was diagnosed with depression and mm. he was given a medication he should not have been giving and it caused him to crash and in that year's time also he went through four different therapists and i finally exploded and Damn excuse me, almost had my own breakdown and yeah. I got him I got him a private psychiatrist. I had to get out of that whole circle of silliness. Yeah. Because he would he would build up a rapport with a therapist and starting to feel comfortable and he'd show up for his next appointment and he's been changed to someone else.
0: Oh
1: and it was infuriating so when i went out of the system and paid out of pocket for our own psychiatrist everything changed and the way he was he was the treatment he was received was changed because everyone was acting like you know oh my god you know he's bipolar disorder this is you know what he's got to do for a lifetime and this psychiatrist god bless him he said, your son hasn't even gone through puberty yet. He said, yeah. he, when he starts going through puberty and his hormones start changing, he can still outgrow this. And you yeah. know what? He did. Oh, good. good. But no good. one, no one, no one had ever said that to me in the entire year we were in the other program. Yeah. So that's one of the downsides, too, to getting any kind of health excuse me any kind of assistance in the mental health field Mm, mm. i see you've got to be an advocate for your own care and it's it's hard when you're the person who needs the assistance but you've got to assess the help you're being given
0: yes yes so I guess in the long run, you know, in any situation, you know, not even, you know, not only if you know someone who has been abused or someone who is going through grief in one form or the other, what we all need is that not only maybe if you if you have a family support that would be great, but then you know we all just need somebody who would be our own advocate who would say, hmm, let's get a second opinion, hmm, let's let's see what else we can do because you know once you're going through something sometimes you don't necessarily see outside of the box and so you know because you know you're the mom you're like you know what this doesn't feel right let's try something else so and that's Mm -hmm. what I think Alan always you know used to say is that we should try to do what is in the best interest of that child we should try and speak and see what is best and you know for the child to even come up and you know admit anything they need to start feeling comfortable and I guess that's why you know, you were getting frustrated because every time he was getting comfortable with, um, you know, one therapist, you know, they go and change it on him. And so you don't then have that continuity and that, you know, safety net, you know, that's right. you know, security. Um, right. Well, today I've got to call it, you know, call it go, go quickly because I've got to take the little human to the doctors because her temperature is coming back up. And I know at nighttime, that's when you know once once the medication wears up in her wears off in her sleep, her temperature is going to be coming up again. So we will continue this lovely conversation to, uh, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Next week, and I'm hoping <laughs> that we have a new we'll have a new guest again um, next week as well um, to replace Alan.
1: I am working on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to have to love you and leave you and wish me luck that everything goes well over the doctors.
1: I do hope she feels better soon. Like I said, I went through that with my, my two-year-old nephew and it's very scary. And you want her to feel better and you want your mind at ease.
0: Yes. 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 All right then, Felicia. Uh, oh, before we go, you can tell people how they can contact you. Anyone who's new?
1: you I have on FeliciaDenise.com. There is a contact page there and you can also reach me at felicia denise f-e-l-i-c-i-a-d-e-n-i-s-e at felicia and i'm on facebook felicia denise
0: perfect well we'll see you again next week
1: you guys take care feel better uh, little
0: one yes okay bye now bye